We're going to start where we left off the last time. Okay, and Isaiah 41.10. It's a great uh, declarative that the Lord has, has given us. Really exciting. I want you to think on these words when they come up. There we go. A little more focus. and we get a little more focus there? There we go. Thank you. Amen. Ready? Read. Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured, I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, a hand of power, of victory, of salvation. And we're going to continue to read a little bit more in Psalm 27, verse 1 to 3. The next one. Oh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. What is he saying, in this will I be confident? That the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So I'm confident because God is God. Okay, let's read the next one. It's Isaiah 12, verse number 2. Behold God, my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord, God is my strength and song. Yes, he has become my salvation. And the last one is Isaiah 43, verse number five. I'm about to shout myself. Now this is what the Lord is declaring over each and every one of us. What does it say? Do not fear for I am with you. Say it one more time. Do not fear, for I am with you. Shout hallelujah right there. Now let's pray and let's pray right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing day. Lord, I pray that you would please bless every person in this house, that you would even bless the households that they represent. Bless this edifice, this building, Father God, that your spirit will pour out even onto the streets, Lord. Give us a hearing ear and a heart to receive and a mind to perceive what thus saith the Lord. And we declare praise unto your holy name for what we're about to receive right now in Jesus' Jesus name and the people said amen and you may be seated whoo I done preached I done spoke the word and made myself happy who let me calm down for a second huh thank you Jesus thank you Lord whoo so something that seems like is very clear to me that we don't have to fear we do not have to fear and he's telling us, in fact, he's commanding us 365 times in the word. God says, do not fear, do not be afraid. Relax in who I am and rest in who you are. God is telling us to abandon fear. So don't be afraid. No fear. Hear? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing God this morning in the name of Jesus? You know, and fear ain't even healthy for your heart. You need to give it up. Come on now. 
So let's declare this after me. I'm going to just say it one more time. I just want to really rub it in like, like massage oil into your brain. Say this after me. I will not fear. Say it one more time. Say it one more time like you believe it. Thank you. You need to be scaring the devil right now. Whew. You see, if God be God, and he is, why be in fear? Why be afraid? Why be panicky? Why be nervous, upset, full of anxiety, alarmed, scared? Why? Because God is God. Not the IRS, not the government, not your landlord, not the bank. God is God. Hallelujah. The thing is, when fear is tolerated, it contaminates your faith. In fact, it squeezes on you so that your faith leaks out. In fact, faith will hemorrhage out of you when the pressure is on you that great and you allow it, when you yield to fear. See, fear is a tactic of, of the enemy to distract you from who you are, from your identity, from your position in God, the power that he has given you. Amen? It tells us in Luke 10, 19, I'm going to read it to you. Luke 10, 19, Jesus says something very powerful to us. He says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, A-L-L, -L, not some, not a little bit, not occasionally, but over all the power of the enemy and nothing, he said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So this fear that we allow to intimidate and limit and, and uh, uh, render us defenseless has got to stop. We cannot yield to it any longer. You see, it is a spirit, so it can be very persuasive. It can kind of float through the room like, you know, when you're baking cookies, that, that aroma kind of permeates through the room. But that fear is a stench that gets your attention and distracts you from your purpose. It tries to capture your soul. What is your soul? Your mind, how you think, your will, the, the decisions that you make, and your emotions, how you feel about things. He's trying to delude you and bring you into that control of your soul that he's got a grip on. And see, we're not a soul, man. And I saw, I'm a soul, man. <laughs> Take that off your playlist. Because you are not a soul, man. You are a spirit man made and purchased by God. I hope you're taking some notes because you need to remember this. Because the enemy's not going to just let up because you just heard a good message. You need, to, you need to get this down in your spirit. I was teaching a Bible study one afternoon, and the Lord said into, into my spirit, I spoke it out. He says, do not be moved. Do not be afraid. Do not be distracted by what's going on around you. You know, the world we're living in today is very uh, frightening very uncertain. There's wars and rumors of wars and all kinds of things that are going on, shootings on campuses. You don't know where you're safe. It's very frightening. But God says, for my people, stay focused on me. Do not be moved. And there's a scripture in Acts 20, 20, 24. It says, none of these things shall move me. 
Nothing should move you but the peace of God, the grace of God, and the love of God for you. So we can't be moved or alarmed by the things that are going on. Even though there, I'm telling you, there are things, as we all know, that, that pull at our attention and pull at our, our security, uh, our sense of security. That, and it's just trying to alarm us and set us off. But you got to know this, that God will alert you, but he will never alarm you. He doesn't want his people running scared for anything. See, that's because if God be God, and he is, we cannot fear. We are not to be in fear. See, God is, is not an almost God. He is God Almighty. He's not trying to be God. He is God. And see, when you know that God is for you, when you know that God Almighty is for you, that's going to change your perspective, your whole perspective on all of your life. See, Romans 8.31 tells us, because he is for us, it doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't matter. I counsel a lot of people, and it's interesting to me that so many people think that God is mad at them. For all the things that they go through, all the challenges and the betrayals and the you know, mishaps and the disappointments in their lives, they think their first commentary is, well, God must be mad at me. God is never mad at you. He's, he poured out all of his wrath on Jesus Christ on the cross to give you a way of escape and to bring you back into right relationship. You are his child and he cares about you. He cares about everything about you. He just wants to love on you in such a way that every flaw, every uh, uh, dysfunction, every issue, every problem you got in your life will melt like wax or like ice on a hot stove. He wants to love you hard. That, that's what he's trying to get through to us. See, the problem is we become very subjective through all the issues and problems that we go through, all the trials and challenges. You know, so we do become subjective. The thing is about me and how I feel. You know, my mess, my dress, my stress, all about me, myself, and I. That's because we fear not being accepted or we fear that we're not going to be seen or heard we're going to be hurt again. We want to be approved. We want to feel like we're significant. So the enemy works on that place in your vulnerability to get you unnerved in some kind of way. Forgetting God, but trying to remember you. Remember how I feel. And that's, that's off base, actually. You should know that by now. Because it's not about us. It's about God. Amen? Right. See, when we get into real relationship with God, real relationship, not just going to church, then we begin this process of discovering God's love for us. It's, it's deep and it's intense, it's everlasting, it's lavish, it's extravagant. See, that's how we learn our own value to God. We have to know that you are valuable to God. When you understand that, you know, how to, you know how to begin to love yourself in a proper way so that you can love other people. So you'll never be able to love somebody else until you properly love yourself. And in that relationship mode with God, that's how we learn that we can trust him to provide for us and to protect us 24-7, 365. See, we have to spend some time alone with God Church is good, but that's not the only time we're supposed to be in touch with God. You should be talking to God constantly, conversation, prayer. The Bible says pray constantly. 
pray incessantly. That means I'm in, I'm in conversation with God all day. Not on my knees praying all day, but I'm in conversation. He's in the car with me. He's in the kitchen when I'm cooking. He's at the marketplace with me. He's on the job with me. He's with my children when I'm mad at them and I'm pointing my finger at them. <laughs> holding me back from really hurting them. But we're in, con we're in connection with God all the time. So when we're spending that time with God in that exchange, he helps us to know him well intimately, personally. And see, by intimate relationship, we learn who we are. We learn why we're even here on the planet. And for certain, we are not here to be enslaved by, by fear or by any other bondage. We are here to produce and to prosper and to live an abundant, successful life being a blessing and being impacting in other people's lives. Did you know that God created you with a purpose and he created you to succeed, not just get a paycheck? Daniel 11.32 says the people who know their God, who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. See, we gotta hold on to that truth, grab hold of that truth and believe it and know that God is with us to help us all the time. Yes. He will never forsake or abandon you. And see, knowing that, we understand that he's holding us. He's sustaining us. He's holding, he's holding up the entire universe by his word of power. Are you hearing me, anybody? Yes. Now, I want you to look at Psalm 112. Where's the content of my message here? Psalm 112, starting at the second half of verse number six. Psalm 112, verse number six, it says, the righteous will be an everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings, that's bad news, because we got the good news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, he will not be afraid. He will not be afraid. That's a, that's a powerful declaration that God spoke over us. We have no reason to be afraid because we're his people, right? We shall not be afraid. That's his prophecy to us. And see, if we're Christians, if we're actually his, we ought not be in dread or fear of anything or anybody. If we're Christians, we ought not dread that evil tiding, that, that bad report, that negative news, you know, CNN and MSNBC always, you know, uh, forecasting doom and gloom and everything negative is coming across the airwaves. See, we got the good news. But if, if we're distressed by all the things that we hear, we're the same as people in the world. What's the difference? See, those people in the world are folk without God. They don't know God to run to. They've never experienced the proof of his faithfulness to them. They're in a panic, and it's no wonder that they are because they don't have God. They're bowed down in fear. See, if, if we're moved by the distraction of fear and filled with alarm as other folk, let me ask you this, what? is the value of that grace which we profess that we received. 
what is it? What, where is it? And where is the dignity and character and power of that new nature that we claim to have possessed? What is it? So when people in the world are confronted by evil and fear, most of the time they rebel against God. They rebel. They murmur and they complain. They accuse God of being harsh and cruel and unjust and unloving. God doesn't care about me even though they've never spent a moment looking at him. And they often run to things to, to, to escape from difficulties, becoming a shooter on a campus. What, it's frightening. But that's what people do when they have no God. They are without hope because they have no God. So if we easily yield to pressure and fear, we're, we're likely to do the same dang thing. We have to focus on God. But see, we confess to be of another spirit, a lively hope with a heart and mind unshaken and unfettered by earthly things and the darkness that's in the world. Because we're holding on to the light. We're in the light. Because God is in us. Psalm 37, verse number seven says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wait patiently because he's gonna show up. God's gonna show up for you at the right moment, at the right time, at the right place. And God's word gives us a stability that we wouldn't have without it, amen? How valuable is his word? See, you, you gotta understand that the word, the word is God in print. And it introduces you to the, to the God in person so that we get to know him. We know beyond his, his background, his history, his resume. We get to know him personally. We get to know his ways, his heart, his intentions for us. And see, the authority of the word is as sovereign as God is sovereign. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all of scripture is God-breathed. See, God selected people to write down his thoughts, his mind, his intentions, his heart for us. And he put it in this, in this script, this text message that we can hold on to and amp up our own faith and quiet our own nerves when things are confronting us. See, we won't take God seriously if we don't take his word seriously. The Bible says of itself that, that his word will never return void. It establishes and accomplishes all that he sends it out to do, all that we send it out to do. See, that's why we need to say the word. We, we usher in the word over our issues, over our problems, over the challenges that we face. We have the license to do that because the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in your mouth. You can speak resurrection power to those dead issues, those dead dreams. You can call God into the matter and change everything. Amen? Amen. Do you remember what, what uh, Moses did at the Red Sea? <laughs> of course you do. In Exodus 14, 13. What did he do? He told the people of God there. He said, stand still and see the salvation of God. See, God had promised them that he was going to be their deliverer. Amen? So here they're standing at the Red Sea with the mountains on the right and Pharaoh coming up the rear. And they're pretty nervous at this time. 
But Moses reminded them of what God said. He said, stand still and see the salvation of God. See God's word at work. See his rescue for you. See him show up in your trouble. So now if, if we yield to fear, when we hear of evil tidings, we're watching something that's, that's coming at us. If we're curling up in fear when we face these challenges, how will we display the calm composure that God's peace provides in adversity? He promised that to us. Do we put down peace to pick up some fear? I don't think that's a good idea. How do we glorify God if we play the coward? See, will our, will our fear and our doubt and our despondence as if we had no help, will that glorify God? I don't think so. Then we have to make a decision. We have to decide to take courage and rely in sure confidence, I like to call it Godfidence, in the faithfulness of our covenant maker, God. He's a covenant maker and a covenant keeper who said to us, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, because I got you. I got you. You shall not fall if the sparrow falls, and I know about it, surely you shall not fall, but you shall rise again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 6 text message says, stay seated. Stay seated, because God is with you. And not only that, I have set you with God in heavenly places. We're seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And see, real power rests in where we're seated. You have to know you're, seating, you're seating with, seated with God on his front row. Come on now. So our position is with God and in God because we're positioned in his victory. Are you hearing me? 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, thanks be to God who always, always causes us to be triumphant and victorious. That's his promise to us. You see, we're joint heirs with Jesus. So our faith in God and our relationship with God positions us thusly. So to be seated, I like, I like the concept of that. To be seated, it means like we're going to rest in God and we're going to take control of the situation. We're going to take control of ourselves because we, you know, we want to be getting up trying to f handle it ourselves. You know, get up, I'll take care. I get, I, come on down there. I'm coming over there right now. And God is saying, be seated, sit down. Sit down, be still and know I'm God. So we're taking, that place of being seated, we're taking control of ourselves and we're taking control of our emotions. See, seated folk, when you think about it, you know, like the, the professor who has a seat on the university staff or the judge who has a seat in the courtroom, uh, 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 what I want is a driver, a driver for Christmas who to take you where you got to go, that's my Christmas wish. A senator or, or a congressman has a seat in the government. A king sits on a throne. A CEO has a seat on a, on a big company. And what do they show? They all show composure and authority. They show rule. 
Just like Jesus did in Matthew 6 and 7 when he, when he gave out the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he sat down to teach the Sermon on the Mount, which is a really great study for you on your free time. Uh, it's a, it, it talks about the precepts of the kingdom and the guidelines for every true believer. We all need that. But he sat down to teach that. And again, he sat down and showed composure and authority when he sat down at the right hand of the Father when his work was completed on his mission on the earth. Amen? Amen. So when we're seated, glory to God, Jesus can stand up in us and take dominion over everything that's troubling you. And the enemy can flee because his assignment is canceled. Are you hearing me? Amen? Philippians 1, 6 tells us that to be confident that the God who called you is faithful to provide every grace that you need to occupy and to accomplish and to complete everything of purpose and some of the things on your spiritual bucket list. Amen? We just got to believe. We got to trust. We got to stay seated with him so we can grow on and we can grow up. Amen? Glory to God. You need to memorize this verse, 2 Timothy 1.7. God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. And the Amplified goes on to say that that discipline, that thing is an ability that results in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So I'm not out of control trying to put out every fire, fearing and panicking and feeling anxious. I'm staying seated because I'm sitting down with Jesus who got everything under control. Amen? So I got a plan for you. Got a few points that I think if you writing down, I think you'd, you'd be uh, blessed to follow. The number one thing is, again, decide. Decide. Huh, decide to stop being manipulated into to incarceration by fear. Decide to stop being manipulated into incarceration. In other words, no more jail time. You know, orange may be your fave, but it's not your most beautiful best color. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you a little sister to sister advice here, sister to brother advice here. It's, it's, it's cool, you know, people like it at Halloween, but you know, it's not all that great. Uh, uh, or let's put it this way, stop being stopped by what God stopped at the cross. Hello? Stop being stopped by what God stopped at the cross. Let it go. Second point, choose. Choose the life of freedom and peace that Jesus gave you when you received him as savior. And then allow his lordship to govern your life. See, we know Jesus is savior, but as far as that lord, you know, boss thing, we still trying to run some stuff. That's why you running scared. Hello? Let him govern your life. Instead of your feelings, I feel afraid, I feel nervous, I feel, I don't know. (laughs) Or you're letting the lesser God of fear run your life. What is that about? Nothing. Or you're leaning on facts that are not true. 
or partially, just partially true, but still if they're partially true, they're still a lie. Number three, walk in faith. Walk in faith, you gotta believe God. You can't believe what you see. Walk by faith, not by sight. You know, we, most of us work on a secular job, so by the time you get home, you've got all this secular stuff on you, like lint on a black coat. You gotta shake it off. You gotta get back in the word. You gotta plead the blood over your life. You gotta saturate yourself in the word so the Holy Spirit can renew your mind, refresh you, and show you how to wisely spend your time and your energy. You gotta live on purpose to fulfill your purpose. All you gotta do is ask God to help you. He's a very present help every day, all day, all night. Are you hearing me? I got a couple of uh, scriptures for you that, that are God's promises. Psalm 32 verse number eight says, I will instruct you, I will teach you, I will guide you with my eye. I will instruct you, I will teach you, and I will guide you with my eye. I'm gonna teach you how to see. I'm gonna teach you how to see, how to look at things differently. Because we look at things just on surface. God is saying, I got some depth perception I wanna drop on you to help you get it, okay? Secondly, Isaiah 42 verse, I'm sorry, 45 verse number two, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will go before you, God is saying this, and make the crooked places straight so you can stop tripping in the name of Jesus. Now here's, a, here's something that we can promise ourselves and God. Psalm 40, 34 verse number four, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Make that your declaration. Come on now, put that on Facebook. Point number four, plant some seed. What'd you say, Charlie? Plant some seed. Plant some, we're in partnership. See, we like to receive, receive, receive ourselves, okay? We want, to, we want God to just give, 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 while we give nada or poquito. <laughs> How's my Spanish? Is that pretty good? Uh-huh. Ah, hallelujah. See, the thing about it is people talk about church. Every time you go to church, they, all they do is talk about making some money, taking some money. Everybody takes an offering. Ralph's takes an offering. 99 cent store takes an offering. McDonald's, everywhere you go, everybody's taking an offering. Now this is the only place that can fill you up in your spirit to affect your soul and body and you, you, you resent it. Who, who's paying for the chairs and the lights and the heat and the air conditioning? And the donuts. <laughs> Who's taking care of that? We got to partner with God. And here's, an, here's a phenomenal revelation. You see, our giving, when we give our tithes and offering, and it also applies to worship, there's a corporate blessing, a corporate anointing that's released over the entire people that, it, that are in attendance. So if we're all tithing, that's when we get to receive that, uh, uh, that blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. You know, that, that, that extra million dollars that you, you can't place anywhere in your banks. Because you're just full, you're just so full with the blessing of God. When is that gonna happen? When we all tithe. 
See, if we could all make the, the decision that we are all going to give that 10%, something's going to happen in this house that, that'll go on record as phenomenal. A supernatural event happened at New Heart Church. Are you hearing me? See, fear, fear shortchanges us because we're afraid that we can't trust God with our little $50 or $100 or $5. Yet, and still, we're trusting him for eternal life. You're, you're, trust, you're saying, God, now that I'm saved, I got my fire insurance, and I'm saved, and I'm saved, I won't go to hell, and I'm trusting you with that, but this $5 here, I got, you know, I got to get my Happy Meal. <laughs> what? What are we doing? Oh, Hallelujah. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> God gives us everything. Everything we have, we've received. And God is saying, test me in this. So I got a little challenge for you. Anybody in here who, who has not pledged to tithe, that's not on your agenda, why don't you test him this week? Now, if, you, if you're afraid to, I'm gonna give you a little option here. Even if you're afraid to test him with your whole week's salary, why don't you set aside a day, your, your one day salary, I got envelopes, Charlie's got envelopes back there. And right on there, this is my tithe. I made X amount of dollars, and I'm gonna tithe that 10%. If you ain't got no money, borrow a dollar or $5 and tithe that dime or that 50 cent and watch God bless you. Because see, when you don't tithe it and you're in a congregation, then you suffer the other people in the congregation not to receive. If I don't tithe, you don't get the blessing either. So it is a corporate blessing that God wants us to take part of and when you do it's going to break the bondage of lack off of you and off of your bloodline off of your entire household are you hearing me yes. here's a here's a scripture for that proverbs 3 9 it says honor the lord by giving him the first part of your income and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your life with the finest if you don't have a barn how about your wallet He's not going to put barley and wheat in there, but he's going to make your refrigerator full, your, your, your uh, cabinets full, and your wallet full. Are you hearing me? Break the, he, we need this. We need some, I, I know I need some more money. So point number five, praise and worship and thanksgiving. God inhabits the praises of his people. See, when we, when we praise God, we're thanking God, just walking through the house, walking through your day, Lord, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Not complaining about what's going on, not regurgitating the problem, but just, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I just thank you. Then God is leaning in towards you. Yes. And see, when, when God comes in, the enemy can't, can't be there. The enemy has to flee. When God shows up, Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty who, whose power no enemy can withstand. So when you're drawn in, you're bringing God into your situation, the enemy can't be there. So what do you have to fear? Okay, we're closing in a minute or two or three, four, five. Okay, John 8, 12 says, Jesus said this, I'm the light of the world. John 8, 12, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this is important that you know this. Darkness is where the enemy operates. Darkness is, the, is your ignorance, the place that you don't know. 
the place that you don't have an answer, that's where he's operating to mess with you, okay? Darkness is also those places of insecurity, uncertainties, places where we're asking questions when we're down or where we wonder, you know, why did this happen? How come they did this? And what happened over here? What's wrong with me? Will I ever be healed? What about my marriage? Will I ever get married? Oh, well, will my kids get right? You know, the who, what, where, when, and why, all the places of questions, all the places that we don't have an answer to or answer for, that's where the enemy comes in and smacks you upside the head. He operates in darkness. That's why we gotta know God. We gotta remember who we are. We gotta know what he says to us and what he says about us. You gotta know his word. And see, not only is God with us, but we are paid for and prayed for by Jesus the Christ crucified. He's looking out for you. Hebrews 2, 14 and to 15 I'm gonna read the encapsulated translation. It says, Jesus defeated all of our foes to set us free. We're set free. John 31, John, I'm sorry, John 8, 32 and 31 and 32 rather, encapsulated translation. If we follow Jesus, we're gonna know the truth. We're gonna know the truth and the truth that we know sets us free. It sets us free from fear and every other bondage and every spirit unlike the spirit of the living God. Hello? We are, and see, we're set free to set other people free. He wants us so blessed that blessings are pouring out of us, leaking out of us instead of faith leaking out of us, blessings are leaking out of us in the name of Jesus. So I have a question for you. What are you afraid of? What do you fear? Who do you fear? Is that thing that you fear bigger than God? Well, you just answered the question, what are you afraid of then? See, you gotta let it go then. You gotta shake it off. You gotta pick up God's peace and your power and your identity and there you're gonna find that God loves you perfectly, completely, and unconditionally. All day, all night, 24, 7, 365. 1 John 4, 18 says, and there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. But we have to get close enough to experience God's touch. We gotta get to know him personally know his mind and his intentions and his plans for you personally. See, that's where relationship comes in. So we can really know him. So we can know that we can cast our care upon him because he absolutely, absolutely, without question, cares about you. So today, today no fear, no fear here, and no fear here, are you hearing me? Are you hearing the words coming out of my mouth? Are you hearing the words that came out of this, this Bible, this, this manual of love that he's given us? God is with us, he's in us, and he's for us. He's your God, and he's your savior, and he's your Lord boss, and he's your father, and he's your friend. And he's saying to you today, you are my child. You are my child, and I'm your daddy. I'm your father. 
So I want to ask a question also. For those of us who are here, if there's anyone that you've been challenged or tormented by fear, anxiety, the plots of the enemy, I want you to stand on your feet because I want to touch and agree with you. I want to touch and agree with you. Thank you, Joanne. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Maybe you're, maybe you're fearful of your health. Maybe you're fearful of your kids, whatever it might be. We're claiming it now. We're claiming it together, together in unity, in the unity of the spirit. We're proclaiming your word to, be, to come forth for this people, freedom and recovery, double for their trouble, Lord God, restoration. Lord God, no more, no more. Nahum 1.9 says, this shall not come upon you again in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, won't you give God a praise? Give God a praise, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now if there's anyone, anyone who wants to give your heart to Jesus if you have not before, or if you wanna just amp up your relationship with God again, you just wanna recommit in the name of Jesus, why don't you raise your hand? Why don't you raise your hand and just receive new and afresh, new revelation in God, new revelation in God. Thank you, Lord, for, for just leaning towards us. You said in, in Leviticus 26, 9 that you would lean towards us with favor and grace to increase us and to multiply us, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for, for new relationship. Lord, we're just gonna etch a sketch that new, a new page, a new chapter in you. And Lord, I thank you for, for allowing us to step forward in you as you step forward towards us, Lord. And we claim, we claim new relationship. We claim new passion. We claim new interest. We claim, Father God, new in you. We are new in you this day. New in you this day. Amen and amen. And the people said, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much.